I don't even remember how to use my microphone, I think. David X. Hey, who is this? Who is this? Get off my, get off my prank caller. Get off, get off my line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it going, Gunner? Good. We, we took a little hiatus, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's all the summer heat. That's right. That's right. That mm-hmm. summer heat clear clear back into february and march we were in it in a, in anticipation of the summer heat we uh kind of we decided to take it extremely easy on the podcast for a while there yeah see if anybody noticed and people did notice i was, just the other day i got i was accosted in the uh, hallways of uh, red hat's westford office by dan walsh and uh he wryly suggested that uh maybe we ought to maybe we ought to start podcasting again so Dan, yeah, when are you people going to do another episode? That was, that was a real, that was exactly what he said, actually. Yeah. That's, that's that, under that. And your day and your Dan Walsh impression has improved. I've been working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. And I think we were both relieved to look back at the uh, show notes and realize that the show notes were actually evergreen and we didn't have to, yes. uh, we didn't have to edit for, uh, uh, for, for timeliness or anything. No. It's nothing timely here today. Um, it's we're just cleaning the attic out. Um, That's right. So yeah, this, the spring cleaning summer edition, I guess. Yeah. Oh, spring cleaning. That's a pretty. That's going to be a pretty good title. A pretty good yeah. title. Uh, summer cleaning, maybe. Um, yeah. So what's going on? What's going on with you? What's what's been happening? So I got a dog, um, hmm. Robbie. Yeah. So uh, named him after uh, Robbie the robot from the movie Forbidden Planet. Sure. And uh, of course, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. It's like, I feel like a parent all over again in terms of like having a, a newborn of like, you know, middle of the night bathroom things and stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, but it's good. He's, he's making it through the night better than Lauren did. Um, at first, so, um, so he's, he's ahead. Sorry. Um, sorry, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And speaking of her, she's going off to college next month. Get out of here. Yep. That's impossible. How do yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on, on, on an 11 year old going to college. I think that's great. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, she's 37. <laughs> no, no, no. She's 18 and, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, interesting. Uh, she's going to be, she's ready to go too. It's not like she's clinging and, uh, she's like excited and looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for her. That's great. That's great. I know I was I was extremely ready to go when I was, when I was going off to school. I don't know. Were you the same way? I, uh, commuted. So I, I lived at home and my, the college I went to was across the street from my high school. So literally across the street. And (laughs) so I stayed at home and it was great. My mom did the laundry. I had meals on the table and all I had to do was like study and, uh, go out with friends. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, my parents took great care of me to get me through college. And, uh, um, but it, that was great. Um, but that's how that worked for me. Oh, very fortunate. That's great. That's yeah. good. Well, so is Lauren going far? Uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. So uh, it's going to be four hour drive for us. Okay. Oh, RIT. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Yep. Computer science. Good for her. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. Are you? Are you in? Uh, uh, are you and your wife ready for the for the empty nest? Yeah, we got a dog. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, that was, and that's a funny thing is that if you ask Lauren about it, 
she's like really been out of shape because she's like, I always wanted a dog all my life. And it's like, we finally get one and I'm leaving a month later. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, oh, see, I thought she would be upset with being replaced by a dog, but apparently that's okay. Yeah, no, she is. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. she is. yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. And, and also not having a dog. Uh, so yeah, there, there are issues there. So, yeah, um, I can understand that. I can understand, especially when you tell her that the dog is more housebroken than she was. So I can, I can see how she would get, <laughs> I can see how there might be some tension there. Yeah. yeah but I think, uh, Lauren knows scratch better so far. So we'll see. Fair trade. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Well, I got, well, so there's two things I wanted, I wanted to, to bring up right at the outset is first of all, I wanted to. I'm going to swallow my pride and I'm going to make a strong endorsement of a product that I thought was ridiculous. Not, not three months ago. And those are the Apple AirPods. Mm. So these are the two white teardrop earrings that you can put in your wireless, right? So it looks like, it looks like you're wearing headphones, but that they melted is kind of the, kind of the effect they have. Yeah. Like somebody snipped the cord off. Yeah, that's right. And I, I kind of, I kind of ordered them on a, like just on a flyer, I had some extra credit somewhere. And so I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll see what these are all about. And I had no idea how annoyed I was by the, uh, by wires. I had no idea. Mm. And, uh, uh, once I started, uh, once I started using these wireless headsets, I, it's a bit completely changed my game. Um, so much more comfortable, uh, way freer to move around the house. Um, I've been doing a lot of walking and running as we'll talk about, uh, later on in the episode. And, uh, what a treat to be able to run without a wire constantly like thwacking you on the, yeah. on the chest. Um, so strongly endorse them. I, they've been great. They come in a handy little charging case, uh, which closes magnetically with a satisfying magnetic thump. Um, yeah. and, uh, and the case fits handily inside your, uh, inside one's pockets. Um, so they're yeah. extremely portable. I just, I'm delighted by them. I I'm surprised I'm like I said, I, I surprised myself by, by being delighted by them, but they're great. Well, it, it sounds to me like the case makes it harder to lose too. Cause that was one of my concerns of, you know, you get something mm-hmm. like that, you spend all that money and then you lose one of them. Well, that's me. right. And from what I understand, the next version of iOS, they're going to come out, they have an app, uh, that will allow you to somehow use the Bluetooth connection to find them. Um, huh. so maybe signal strength or something. I'm not sure, but, um, it'll actually help you locate, uh, uh, help you locate them if you happen to lose them. So, which is great. Huh. So is, are you using it with an Apple phone or Android or it doesn't matter? Yeah, I think we covered my, my Nexus yeah, disaster. What, what, I don't know what you're on, right? Are you black? Are you on Blackberry now? Or... <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, no, I'm back on, I'm back on the razor. I'm back on the razor. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to use the iPhone six, um, that I got when my uh, Nexus five ate it. Um, I, I keep looking longingly at the pixel feeling like maybe I should go ahead and move back. Um, but I really don't have a reason to move right now. The, the iPhone six is, is just fine for me and there's no, I can't, I can't even talk myself into moving, uh, moving back to Android just now. I think I'm waiting for the next kind of tranche of new Android devices to come out and we'll see what happens, but yeah, should be coming soon. I think the next generation of pixel, I've been seeing chatter on the mm-hmm. internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and we'll see what the iPhone eight has in, has in store. But I think like we talked about in that last episode, it almost doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it's yeah. basically the same experience, um, yep. which is, which is great. So yeah. So anyway, so AirPods, that's what I'm all about. And then when I'm not listening to my mini podcasts and, and, and whatnot, I have a, 
this is a book that I started a while ago, but now I'm actually, I'm getting back into it with some, with some renewed vigor. Um, it's a book called, uh, the world of yesterday by Stefan Zweig, um, mm-hmm. Z W E I G. Uh, I discovered this book because it was the inspiration for one of the inspirations that Wes Anderson had for uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, which is one of my most cherished movies. And mm-hmm. I was told, oh, Wes Anderson read this book a lot as he was developing the movie. And it is a an amazing portrait of what it was like to live in Vienna uh, around 1880, 1890. It was written in the late 1940s after Zweig had been through World War One, World War II. Uh, so we really had watched... Europe uh, kind of descend from this, you know, extremely cosmopolitan, highly connected, uh, you know, really kind of very much like kind of united Europe um, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he watched his whole Europe fall apart. And the memoir is, it's in part a memoir, but it's also kind of a, um, a pan to uh, what Europe used to be uh, before the 20th century. Um, just really cool um, to understand what it was like you know, for instance, like what it was like to be an Austrian school child in the 1880s um, and kind of what that entailed, what it was like to go to university at the time. Um, and and also for him, who was, you know, he was fairly well off and kind of well connected, um, just the number of people he ran into, like, uh, you know, these amazing like artists and writers just kind of, they all have these uh, kind of walk-on roles in his memoir. He's like, oh, so I was having dinner with this guy and then I ran into whatever, Bertrand Russell. And um Anyway, the book is the book is a real treat. If you have any interest in European history at all, it's really uh, it's really something else. So, World of Yesterday, Stefan Zweig. All right, so what's uh, what's in store for us? Yeah, so let's see. We're going to talk about um, power with stomach fluids and blood. Um, I'm ready. We're going to talk about, of course, right? Yeah. We're, we're back. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about networks with light mm. and also uh, communication networks without people. That sounds great, uh, especially given the uh, news today. Um, that's pretty good. So, if uh, if folks want uh, more information about, or if folks want a link to the uh, to the world of yesterday, um, or some of the other things that we're talking about today, what, what website should they go to, Dave? They want to go to dgshow.org. So, D's and Dave, G's and Gunner Show.org. And if you've missed us, please do us a favor and get on iTunes and give us the five star rating. Um, mm-hmm. And please remember our willful blindness to any ratings below five stars. Uh, we, we, we just can't see them. They're, they're invisible to us. Um, only yeah. five star ratings count. So please hit that, hit that fifth star. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh cutting room floor. Yep. Yeah. We got uh, bread with cockroaches. <sighs> we have ticky mugs with xenomorphs and uh, vitamin mascots with food. I have a feeling you were going through something, Dave, when you put this, uh, when you put these show notes together, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's been a while. It's been a while. This is like, yeah. this is the best we got. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, all right. I've steeled myself. Let's, uh, let's start with the first, first unpleasant item, uh, gut juice that could power the next generation of health gadgets. Right. Yuck. So, you know, for the past couple episodes, we've been thinking about ways that we could swallow machines and have them powered and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, cause that's what we want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, like in the past, there was, I forget, there was one that uh, was like, oh, well, you swallow this and then you could use this magnet to have it release a pill and all that. And then you got to make sure it's a big pain. Um, There were some researchers that came up with a way, uh, a new way that I saw that, um, you know how, like, did you ever do like the the lemon battery in school? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, actually, I used uh, potatoes, I guess, was what I used. But, But same, same deal, right? 
Yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll have to remember, I'll, I'll add a link to a self-driving car powered by a potato. Um, <laughs> so that it was actually pretty good. I, we watched that last night on YouTube. But um, but yeah, so in the same premise that, you know, it's like I could use a, um, uh, I could use a, a potato or a lemon as a, um, uh, as a, um, electrolyte and then i could have two two metals like a zinc element or a, you know galvanized nail and everything um well why don't you do the exact same thing of having um you know that acid in a lemon why not just use the acid in your stomach and um there's some researchers that figured out how to do that and so what you could do is you could swallow this pill that could be powered and it would harvest the energy off of uh your stomach fluid to like go around and release drugs and stuff like that huh Wow. That's a, well, that's pretty cool. And also kind of sustainable, right? Uh, in the mm -hmm. sense that, um, I mean, it would work pretty reliably. Uh, I, I'll admit that it's totally creepy. Yes. Yeah. Again, having something stick out of your stomach or you're sitting there and all of a sudden something starts, robot starts poking out and, you know, we've all seen the alien movie. Um, yep. but oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No. And, and so what's the, what's the voltage that it can, that it can pull? Uh, so let's see. Uh, uh, so low voltage, uh, 0.1 to 0.2 volts, uh, and then boosted with a, a, if you use a capacitor to 2.2 to 3.3 volts. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that could power a, uh, um, an Arduino if you wanted. Well, that's like, it. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. That's what, that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> Try to swallow an Arduino. Right? An ingestible Arduino. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. So why would you do that? Who cares? Yeah, because <laughs> you can, right? Long as it can, yep. it can power the Wi-Fi. Chip. All right, that's the, okay. We should move on to the next thing. Okay, is there what other what are, what are the power sources? Uh, uh, can we figure out here? Yeah. So, um, well, guess what? You could use blood as an electrolyte um, to for uh, for like when you're doing art exhibits. And so there's a guy that. Uh, did that where he did, it took him 18 months to bank enough blood that he, you know, he took out of himself um, to uh, create this artistic display where he's powering lights, but he's using his own blood as the electrolyte for um, the the electric source. <laughs> is that, and, and I guess the point of the exhibit is to demonstrate how inefficient it is to turn humans into energy. Is that the... I don't know. And that, that may be good for like certain companies for when you do job interviews, have the lighting be that way. And <laughs> let's talk about corporate culture. <laughs> well, see, I was thinking about the aliens movie, right? Where they take the human bodies and they stick them in the thing, not the aliens movie, sorry, the uh, matrix movies. Yes. See, I was thinking, see, I was thinking about the matrix movies where they take the humans, they stick them in the pod and then they suck their life force out. Right. And that runs the, and that runs the computers. Right. Um, that tells me that we have a, a long way to go before we can efficiently use humans as batteries. Right. Yeah. But I've been in meetings where I've had the life force sucked out of me. So, I mean, we may be closer <laughs> than you. Well, I guess easy to dissipate, difficult to harness. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got, we we're partway there. <laughs> So there's some hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of lighting, Philips has some news for us, right? Yeah, right. So um, there's uh, they they acquired a company called uh, Lucicom uh, or Lucion. It's a French startup that does Li-Fi products. So um, the thought here is by instead of doing like Wi-Fi uh, like through the air, 
you could use the flickering of LED lights to uh, to do network transmissions. Oh, I see. So, like, basically a really elaborate, what, Morse code or semaphore, um, yes. but happening at, a like, very high rate, at a, at a very high speed. Okay. so fast you can't see it. Right, right. Well, so, and not altogether different, I guess, than what we do with fiber optics today, just it's not focused like fiber optics is or, or as controlled as a fiber optic would be. It's just because it's just ambient light in the in the room, I suppose. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it's like I thought about that, and I, I was, you know, a couple things would be like, well, you need to have the lights on for it to work, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you, unless it's some sort of like uh, uh, like infrared or something that you in a spectrum that you can't see, mm-hmm. then you still have to worry about line of sight problems. You know, right. like what if you cover up the thing? So who knows? And then I could also imagine people that like there are people that that say that they get sick by Wi-Fi by, by itself or, you know, radio waves or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine all the like, issues that people may have of, oh, I'm getting sick because of blinking lights or something, or I have a seizure or something. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Um, so what is it, what, well, I guess I'm wondering what problem we think this solves that can't already be solved by radios, right? Yeah. Wi-Fi that we have today. Yeah. Well, and that's a great question. Uh, You know, it's, it's, I wonder if it's like a, a patent that, um, you could, um, you know, it's like, let's, patent something and then back it into a problem later. Yeah. yeah but, yeah, yeah. Um, right. yeah. But then the other thing is like, maybe it's a way to, um, from a security standpoint, um, you know, the RF, the, the light, if it's in a closed room, you're not going to have RF transmitting over through the, mm-hmm. um, through the walls, but right. that's what you have Tempest and, and, um, ethernet cables for, but right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, so you would only be able to receive the information if you were literally in a particular room. Um, yes. Yeah, I can get, yeah, I could get into that. I, I mean, this seems like exactly the kind of thing you could kind of hack together with an Arduino, right? Um, just put some kind of like photovoltaic cell on the, on the Arduino and um, just start flickering your room light on and off and <laughs> see if you can, yeah. <laughs> see if you can get accurate enough to, to send a meaningful message. Yeah, it, I guess it would need to be fast enough for you to be able to read it. And, you know, in theory, I, I don't know if an Arduino would be fast enough per se. I, I don't know. Hmm. Well, that sounds like fun anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would want one, but there there you have it. But there are other uses for uh, blinking LEDs. So. Oh, yeah? Like what? Yeah. So um, got a couple things from, remember the, the Ben Gurion um university guys are always jumping air gaps. I love those guys. I love those yeah. guys. It, it, I don't know. It's like, a, I, it's starting to get tiresome, at least for me. It's like, okay, <laughs> now what are we doing with air gaps? And it was like, All right, no, I get it, guys. Please stop. Got a little one-trick pony over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the Ben-Gurion school of jumping air gaps. <laughs> uh, the new thing that they're doing, and this is like super amped up, is that they're using, like, you know how like when your your hard disk is is writing, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the activity light on your hard, uh, on your hard disk, um, yeah. it'll light up. And then they figured out a way to um, have it blink um, and to be able to transmit data, and it could do uh, 4,000 bits per second. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. And the YouTube video for this is, like, so amped up, it's not even funny, where, you know, like, you would think, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a webcam, I'm going to point it at the hard disk, and it's going to read it, and I'm going to do a video. No. 
they get a drone with a camera that flies up to a building and looks inside the window to look at the, um, you know, it's like a spy movie sort of thing. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So they're, they're all doing that there. Man. I th- so now I'm thinking like, have these Ben-Gurion guys, have they, have they talked to the Phillips folks about this, uh, about this transmitter? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, it's probably a way to exfiltrate data. Who knows? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then just recently, uh, they had another one, same guys at, at Ben-Gurion university. Um, they're doing it with, uh, with routers, you know, you have the LED light. That's only one light for your hard disk activity where they figure that, well, on there's a lot more LEDs on your router that you have. And by modifying the firmware on the router, you can uh, like transmit the LEDs in parallel and, and pump up the, uh, um, the uh, transmission to be even faster. And so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's what, yeah, because that's what I was that's what I was wondering about because the the fidelity of that because that light is mostly, you know, the, the old they're blinking lights joke. Like the, the the lights are mostly there just to let you know that you know the router was worth what you paid for or the switch yeah. was worth what you paid for. But the um, I never actually thought that the lights would be connected in any meaningful way to the data going through. You know, maybe it's like some indicator of activity, but um, not that it was actually relaying, literally relaying the information that was going through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do you know anyhow, right? Where is the is the blinking real activity, or is it trying to send a message out? Yeah, no, and, that's right. You know, just right. by you looking at it, I mean, I I look at my like I'm looking at my internet router now, and it's like, who knows what you know what the, oh, it's blinking? Great, I may not may or may not have any activity on my home network, but it's blinking like crazy. Yeah, well, and how do you, and how would you do it? Especially because the router is actually moving the data from my computer and my phone and my tablet and my wife's phone and computer and tablet. And, um, yep. it's kind of multiplexing all that data. Like how would you ever get a signal out of that? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, in the case, I think with the modified firmware, is it, it's like, Oh, well we'll modify it so that it's not transmitting the traffic, but instead whatever message you want. Oh, I see. I got you now. Okay. Right. That makes more sense. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so basically, it's the Ben Gurion University of LED hacks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. Well, and, and other uh, air gap stuff they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Microphone hacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they also did the one with the the USB hard drive cable and doing I think RF with it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're crazy. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, closer to home. Yeah. You got some scams yeah. going on over there, right? Yeah, yeah. So you remember on a previous episode uh, a little while ago, we talked about the guys that, like, all they did was wear orange vests, and then they were able to do stuff and get into things? Yeah, I remember that. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, like, in the city, like, that's right up the street from me, um, they're, they're, the police are warning about a gas company scam where um, basically – uh, there have been reports of items being stolen from somebody's house where a couple would knock on the door and state that they were working for the gas company. Um, and then uh, so the female would take the homeowner home to the basement and distract them uh, to where the, the water and the gas lines were. And meanwhile, the man would come in and rummage through the house and, and would take uh, like cash and stuff like that. Um, but they wound up uh, uh, wearing uh, yellow or orange uh, safety vests. Right, because that's that's that those are the markers of authority. Yeah, yeah, it's official. Yep, yep. Especially when combined with blue jeans, right? Yes. 
Yes, yeah. or a clipboard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> then that's a good grift. Yeah. That's really good. They must be listening to the show, probably. Well, yeah. All right, I'll take responsibility for that. I'll take responsibility yep. for that. Yep. Uh, all right. So as I, you know, as I'm talking about these AirPods, you know, of course I had the, a, a regular DG show pang about, you know, vendor lock-in and, and, and all the rest of that. Um, so do we, do we have anything in the, in the vendor lock-in or abandonment department this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, I guess, old news, but, um, I guess Google was removing SMS texting from Google Hangouts, um, and back in May. Mm. And so like for me, I'm using Google voice. And so the SMS works, but they, but if you're using your carrier number, you couldn't use Google Hangouts. You had to use their, uh, Google or was Android messenger or something for text messages now. And, um, I did a look at it and it's like, okay, great, whatever. But I'm just so amazed. Um, I did, I, I saw an article that according to this article, Google has at least 11 communications applications right now. <laughs> Just Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, have you played at all with, uh, Allo or, uh, or duo? No, no, me no. Have you? no, no, yeah. it's just a wasteland over it, there. It's, yeah. It's like the Google plus of messaging, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like so tired of it. It's like, I, and it's also the, like the network effect that you need, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just tired of like, Oh, here's a new app and we got to get everybody to use it. And, uh, it's funny. I, I have the XKCD, uh, uh, link in there to a cartoon of, of just basically how broken and fragmented it is. It's, it's just like insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. So how, do, how do you keep up with this? Well, so, you know, I, uh, so I, I was, I was wrestling with this earlier when I moved over to the iPhone, I said to myself, well, okay, obviously text messages. Okay, fine. Um, hangouts game became progressively less useful and just people stopped showing up on hangouts. And so I kind of stuck to hangouts. Of course I've got Slack, um, which I stick to at work, uh, and ignore IRC for good reason. Um, but mostly I'm sticking to iMessage because, you know, that's the texting app on the, on the iPhone. I flirted with WhatsApp for a little bit, knowing that they had embedded the signal encryption technology in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, because I don't live, because I live in the United States and not anywhere else, like not a lot of people on WhatsApp. Um, and so it just, you kind of go, you know, you kind of race to the bottom and I, most of the time I just end up working in text messages. Um, yeah, that's, that seems to be the lowest common denominator that everybody has eventually. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, although, you know, for work, you know, there's some Slack stuff, which is, uh, and of course that's handy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I really do enjoy the Slack experience, but of course that's only for mostly for work stuff and DG show mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer, and especially because the, the market is so fragmented, no matter what ecosystem you're plugged into, whether it's you know something as basic as text messages or WhatsApp or iMessage or whatever, Instagram or what have you, you're always going to feel like you're missing out. Like you're always going to, I think you're always going to feel like, oh, wait, all my friends are on, uh, all my friends are on, all my friends are secretly on Snapchat and I'm not plugged in. So like maybe I need yeah. to go get Snapchat and just, um, the, there are so many companies too that are interested in making sure that you are on the contact lists, right? Um, because that's all that that's ways of making money and increasing engagement or whatever. Um, it's, there's no reason for consolidation in this, in a space like this, right? It's just gonna, um, it's, it's, it's almost like a pure market in the sense of, 
uh, it's just going to continue to get more and more fragmented and more and more specialized and more and more difficult uh, to escape the basic fundamental underlying uh, common technologies, which are email and SMS. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, I think there's no corporate incentive to consolidate, I guess, or no mm -hmm. killer app to want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so why, why are you anti IRC? Oh, uh, so IRC is actively hostile to someone on a phone, right? Um, you know, yes. every time, I, and every time I say this, somebody's like, well, you could just get on the VPN and get an IRC client <laughs> for iOS. Forget it. Forget it. That's right. not happening. Like I, yeah. like I am going to live a full and rich life, not logging into the VPN on my phone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that's why the Slack experience is so attractive, right? Is because it has, it's basically IRC, except it works nicely for the phone. Like if I had to consolidate the Slack value prop, that's the Slack value prop for me. It's IRC that works on my phone. Um, and does that, but does the availability on the phone keep, uh, cause people to abuse the privilege and like hit you up in the middle of the night or something like that? Great question. Um, Slack also has a very sophisticated notification management system. Um, mm -hmm. so you can do stuff like, you know, mute channels, um, turn things off, only alert me if somebody says my name. Um, so it's got an, it's got a, there's a good set of belt and suspenders to make sure that you're really only getting bugged by Slack when you want to get bugged by Slack. Yeah. Like there's, is there like a weekend mode or something like that or after hours mode that it's like, oh, well this is Gunner sleeping right now. You can do it again, but, and that'll mm -hmm. wake him up. And... Yeah. 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 I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's but, uh... but people, do they think twice or do they just abuse it? No, no. People are, people are pretty good about it. Um, but also, I mean, I, th I think I, there's another article, which I think we've talked about on the show before. Maybe we can dig it up where, um, there is, uh, based on the medium and the person you're interacting with, everybody has this kind of algorithm in their mind of like, oh, this person is a good friend and it is a weekend. Therefore, yes, text messaging is okay. Um, or maybe the importance of the message is not so great. So now I'm going to go back to email so that I don't accidentally wake them up from a nap or whatever. Right. Um, there's a, uh, there, there is an algorithm that everyone has in their mind of like what is most appropriate. And that's why this XKCD comic is so funny because it shows this kind of like Venn diagram of different people in different contexts using different kinds of tools to communicate with each other. Right. Um, yeah. and anyway, so I think, uh, just to keep the cognitive overhead as low as possible, I think just saying email SMS and Slack, and then I've got a bunch of other tools on my phone that I monitor passively. Um, but I don't actively like try to use cause if I did, I would drive myself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. How do you do it? I don't. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. a, that's a good answer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And for me, it's like, I, I try to minimize like the, you know, there's always this hot app of the month or something. And it's like, ah, I don't want to be bothered. And mm -hmm. I, it's like, I don't want another, I, I feel like I don't want another, uh, opportunity for interrupts to be generated. Yep. Yep. And so like, I'll, I'll do like Google hangouts and, and text messaging and stuff like that. And I, I try to stay away from, uh, IRC and Slack, uh, just to, you know, minimize, uh, interruptions, but, um, and that seems to work for me, I guess, but maybe has, has Slack reduced your email? Uh, for sure. Well, uh, so yes. And 
Um, Slack has also increased the likelihood that there's going to be some kind of like serendipity in the communications, right? So in this, in IRC is the same way. If you're, if I'm in a Slack with like my staff and everyone we work with, right? There's one channel where we all kind of loiter during the day and I watch a, I can watch a conversation go on between two people on my staff. And that gives me an opportunity, first of all, know what's going on just to like kind of the ambient awareness, but it also like an opportunity to intervene or add information or, you know, even learn something that I didn't, that I didn't know. Um, so there is actually value in monitoring both Slack and IRC, uh, at least, at least for me, um, yeah, that's not, that's that, good. yeah, yeah. That's not necessarily the case, but there's a, there is a, there is value in, in that kind of serendipity. Yeah. I just, I just worry that it's like, I would get pinged directly of like, Oh, I didn't bother searching because I know, you know, the answer and you know, like those sort of like direct messages that it's like, I don't, I don't want to be bothered with and let people search instead. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Well, you know, and like, like with any community, I mean, there's a certain set of norms you need to set in order to make the community function properly. So yes. Yeah. Including latency. That's right. Exactly. Yep. 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 That's latency is part of that algorithm, right? Um, like do I need an answer right now? Um, like if I ask somebody a question by a Slack implicit in that is like, I'm looking for an answer as soon as I can get it. Um, if I send an email, then there's a suggestion that I'm thinking in, you know, possibly days in terms of response time, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the other interesting thing and not to drag this out, but think about it from like, as somebody in a management position, um, the, if somebody like, let's say a vice president sends an email out to somebody further down the chain um, on a Saturday, mm-hmm. would that employee feel like super obligated to drop whatever they're doing and reply right away? Yeah. So this is an important part of the norm setting, right? Is, yeah. um, especially when you're in a position of leadership of any kind, it's important to be setting expectations with people on when you expect the reply. Right. Um, yes. so, and I am not particularly good at this, but I feel like I'm getting better where if I ask somebody to do something, it's really important that I let them know when I expect them to do it by, because the assumption, yeah. especially if they work for me is that I want it done as soon as possible. Right. So, um, right. and I feel like now you're uh, now this is, this is a good conversation. Cause now I'm checking myself. I'm saying in my mind, I was assuming that by talking in Slack to somebody, I'm communicating a certain level of urgency. Whereas with email, I'm not communicating the same level of urgency, but that's an assumption that I'm making. And I don't think I've actually set that ex- explicitly set that expectation with, with folks. Yeah. So they might feel an obligation to immediately reply to an email when in fact I actually don't care that much. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, a lot of times too, there would be people that would, Hey, can you review this paper? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have time to review it? And it's like, well, it's like, do you need it by Friday or <laughs> right. do you need it by tomorrow? Right. And the answer is going to be different. And if you tell me in the ask when you want it by, yep. um, that would help me, you know, that would, that would save an email uh, yeah. exchange rate. That's right. Of, and, and I'm more likely to say yes, if you can give me more time to fit it in between the cracks. That's right. And, and actually, I like how you phrase that too, is that people frequently position it as, do you have time to act? So like, what do you mean? Like in geological terms? Sure. Like, I, <laughs> right. like you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's important to be clear. It's important to be clear. Man, that felt good. We haven't, we haven't had a, we haven't taken a a technical topic like that for a spin in quite some time that, that was a, that felt refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, if people want to give us feedback, um, what messaging app should they use then based upon what they've learned today? 
Oh, they should use uh, they should use wall. Yeah, <laughs> no, they should they should use wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. and yeah, and by that I don't mean the Unix utility. I mean they should write it on a wall in a bathroom where we'll find it. Yeah, yeah, right, so, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, actually, I would encourage everyone, especially now that we're back from hiatus. Uh, this is a time of uh, reflection and uh, and uh, self consideration for Dave and I. Um, so, if you want to give us feedback, please visit uh, dgshow.org um, and let us know what you missed about the show, what you have not missed about the show, because um, uh, we're, uh, we're we're back in the saddle and uh, yeah. we're we're tanned, rested, and ready. Yes, very tanned. Yep. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, well, I guess what? I'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. We'll catch everybody next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.